Praise the Lord. Father, we just come before you this morning with thanksgiving. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. Lord, we, before we get into the word, we lift up our nation. We lift up this great country. We know that there's things coming up, the Iowa caucus, different things that are still pending. But Lord, we pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The right people in the right places, we pray. We thank you, Father, for an awakening in this nation from north to south, east to west. We declare that when the righteous are in authority, and we are in right standing with you, and we rise up and take our authority, and it causes us to rejoice. And we thank you, Father, for the love of God flowing through this nation and great harvest being reaped in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. 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 Well, one of the greatest benefits of salvation is to have the ability to hear from God. Did you know that God speaks to all of us personally? Now, going through life blindly is not a good thing. And that's why God has given us his wisdom to guide us, to direct us, and to lead us. Don't you know that he's constantly giving you direction? In John chapter 10, we notice in verse 3 through 5, and Jesus is talking of himself as being the good shepherd. And notice with me in verses 3 through 5, it says, To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. Now I want you to pay particular attention, if you would, this morning to verse 3, where it says, His sheep hear his voice he didn't say his sheep can hear his voice or his sheep should hear his voice but he literally says his sheep hear his voice i'm telling you life is good when you hear from him and we can grow in this we can develop in hearing the voice of god We can mature in learning to be led by the Spirit of God. Never ever say, I just can't seem to hear from God. But rather say this, I'm His Son and I hear His voice. Say this with me, I am am a child of God. God. And my good, good Father, my my Savior Jesus Christ, The bishop of my soul. He leads me. He guides me. And I hear his voice. I will not follow a stranger. But I follow the voice of my master. Come on somebody say amen. All believers can and do hear the voice of God. The problem is some don't recognize what they are hearing as God's voice. Now, how many of you know that radio and television stations transmit 24 hours a day, seven days a week? But we only hear them when we, we, when we turn the receiver on and tune in. 
You see, a failure to hear the signal doesn't mean that the station is not transmitting. And likewise, God is constantly transmitting his voice to his sheep. But few are turned on and few are tuned in. You see, most Christians are busy pleading before God and begging God to do something about their problem. They're trying to get God to transmit to them, if you will. But the problem is not with him. The problem is with the receivers. And so the first thing that you and I need to do is fix our receivers and believe that God is already speaking to us and then start listening. God is speaking. The question is, is are we listening? Now, I want you to look at 1 Peter, and I want you to notice chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse 16. The first and most basic way that you and I hear from God is from the Word of God. Amen. And in 1 Peter, or 2 Peter chapter 1, if I said 1 Peter, I would have been wrong. But 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, he says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. In verse 17 it says, For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. Everyone say excellent glory. And the Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm really ticked off at. No, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now notice verse 18. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Peter was one of them that was with the Lord at the Mount of Transfiguration. And the glory of God came down. The voice of God was so clearly heard that Jesus began to shine. What was on the inside of him showed up on the outside. Don't you know that would have been an awesome experience? That is what we would call a mountaintop experience. And I'm thankful for the mountaintop experiences that we can have when we hear from God, especially in a spectacular way, or we could say in a supernatural way. But I want you to know the next verse says something to us that we must never forget and we must never lay aside. Notice with me in verse nine, 19. But we have, say with me, I have. He says, we have also a more sure word. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. What could be more sure than what is written in the Word of God? This is a sure word, way for you to hear from your good, good Father. Say it with me. The Scriptures are the more sure word. And the Word of God is as sure as it gets. Never set aside the Word of God for a voice. 
Never set aside the Word of God for some sort of angelic visitation or some sort of vision. Those may or may not be God. You understand that. Any vision, any voice, anything that you have that's come to you, you must make sure that it lines up with the more sure word. Because if it doesn't line up with the more sure word, you need to reject that. Amen. Amen? And then replace it with the more sure word. Say it with me. Thank God I got the sure word. Now notice this in verse 19 again. He says, you also have a more sure word of prophecy. And then it goes on to say, whereunto you do well. How many of you want to do well? Whereunto you do well that you take heed to this more sure word. You know, Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, he said, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. For with what measure you meet, in other words, what value you place on what you're hearing, it'll be measured back to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. When you take heed and you pay close attention to this more sure word, not only is it getting in your heart and not only is it changing your life, but you are positioning yourself to receive more revelation from the more sure word. Woo, glory to God. I can use some more revelation. How about you? The Amplified says it like this. Be careful what you are hearing. Number one, he says, take heed what you hear, what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give, the truth you hear, will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. And so he's saying that we must pay attention to what we are hearing. You know, the Bereans were, were a, a very, very studious group that didn't just hear the word and accept the word as truth until they studied it out for themselves. And any man of God, any pastor, any minister of the gospel will tell you, look, don't believe it because I say it. Don't believe it because I teach it, but believe it because it's in the Word of God. And you know what it says about the Bereans? It says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness of mind, and then they searched the Scriptures daily whether these things were so. It's so important that you search the Scriptures for yourself. And so he says, take heed what you hear. But I like what Luke says in the same kind of context. Luke says it this way, take heed therefore how you hear. There's a difference between what you hear and how you hear. How we hear has, it has to do with the right attitude. How we hear has to do with being teachable. Not having, well, I've heard that before attitude, or, you know what, I know that already. Can we go on to something deeper? I believe that God will take us on to some things deeper when we've acted upon the things we've already heard. Oh, man, that's good preaching right there. The sure word. The sure word. I love that word, sure. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely no weapon formed against us shall prosper. So this sure word, it is, in fact, the number one way of hearing from him. 
Again, in 2 Peter 1.19, he says that you do well that you take heed. Now, notice this phrase. As unto a light that shines in a dark place. As unto a light. Read that phrase with me. As unto a light that shines in a dark place. Now, one thing we know for sure, that our good, good Father, our Heavenly Father, our good, good God is light. And in Him, there ain't no darkness at all. He is absolute life, He is absolute love, and He is absolute light. In His family, in His kingdom, in His Word, there ain't no darkness. There's just no darkness whatsoever in him. And the good news is this. You are in him and he is in you. And therefore there should be no darkness in us. Oh, glory to God. God is light. God is light. And, listen, Psalms 119, 105 says the entrance of his word. What does it do? The King James Version says, the entrance of his word, what does it do? It gives you light. So, listen to this phrase. When you take heed to the word of God, this more sure word, and you are diligent about it, not casual Christianity, but I'm talking about on fire for him, on fire for the word of God, on fire for the things of God, seeking first the kingdom of God, When the interest of his word comes into your spirit, hallelujah, it can bring light into some dark places that the devil's been trying to bring you. Now, in Hosea chapter 4 and in verse 6, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, My people, not talking about the world, It's not talking about people that, you know, don't know the Lord. He says that my people are what? My people are destroyed for the lack of what? Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. But let's center in on just that first phrase, my people. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, a lack of knowledge, even though you're a Christian, even though you may have been a Christian for one year, 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years, but a lack of knowledge can bring a person into a very dark place. What you don't know can kill you. What you don't know can keep you poor mouthed the rest of your life. What you don't know can keep you depressed and discouraged, fear-filled, stressed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. But oh, thank God, the light of his word. Some of you need to get a little bit more excited than that. I said, but oh, thank God, the light of his word. I said, the light of his word. It dispels every trace of darkness in our lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. 
Have some French roast, Major D, Starbucks, whatever. But get ready. The message says this. He says, by your words, I can see where I'm going. You ever been in, a, in an area of your life where you just couldn't see where you were going? Before you were born again, your eyes were so blinded, it's amazing that you're here today. Oh, for the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, we're alive today. Because something happened in your life. The light came in, the darkness left. And so then begins the process of renewing your mind. Thinking like he thinks. Talking like he, th- he, he talks. And so by his words... You'll be able to see where you're going. The Word of God throws a beam of light on your dark path. I can remember back in 1974 and part of 1975 when I was in a treatment center being treated for drugs and alcohol. They had a song many, many years ago called, I Can See Clearly Now. (laughs) And you know, when, when 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 you come out of the kind of darkness that I came out of, uh, I mean, glory to God. When I was able to fall asleep, finally after a couple of weeks of being in treatment, and when my mind kind of started coming back, they would play that song in the background, you know, when we were down playing pool or ping pong. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's going to be a bright, 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 Jesus, sunshiny day. I'm telling you, when I got born again and I got hold of the Word of God, it's been a bright day since March 17th, 1975. And it's getting brighter and it's getting better and it's getting glorious. Hallelujah. And it's the same with you. I tell you, the path that we are on is the path of light. It's the right path. And the path of the righteous, glory. I know I'm doing a little backstroke here. The path of the righteous, it gets brighter and brighter, more and more. Unto the perfect day. And I've got other testimonies that eventually I'm going to give on what God has done and is doing in my life. Let me just tell you this the entrance of His Word, it gives you light. And it gives you hope. It gives you hope. The world is just chock full of hopeless situations. Unrelenting disappointments makes the heart sick. And that's why we need to be like David was. David encouraged himself in the Lord. David sang psalms unto the Lord. He lifted up his voice and he looked to the hills from whence came his help in the light of God's presence in the light of God's word amen help David in his life David is the same one said by my God I can run through a troop and I can leap over a wall you ever felt like that in your life that by your God you're able to run when you couldn't run you can run through a troop and leap over a wall glory to God So this number one way, this more sure way is the word of God. No, notice verse 20 and 21 in 1 Peter chapter, 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, knowing this, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, the word of God is for all of us. 
When I was a little boy growing up the Catholic Church, you know, it was the priest that read the word and tried to give a sermon. But he got hung up on this one phrase over and over and over again. I don't know if he was getting senile or if he just ran out of sermon material. But he kept saying, as far as the question is this, as far as the question is that, as far as the question is this, what's the question and as far as what? I had no idea what the question was, and I certainly didn't know what the answer was. And neither did you. But here's the deal. We were taught that, you know, I mean, the priest handles it all. He's the one that's going to deliver the word. This word is not just for a certain group of people. This word is for his kingdom of priests. And that's you and I. We're his royal priesthood. It's of no private interpretation. This is an open book. And the wonderful thing about an open book is this, is when you're going through a test, you got an open book. And so Jesus then is the living word. Say it with me, he is alive. He is alive. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is a living thing. The Word of God is alive and full of power and sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and it is a discerner of the thoughts and in the intents of the heart. The bottom line is this. The Word of God is living. The, the Word of God is alive. It's alive. The question is, is it alive in us? As long as it's only in the pages of your Bible and not in you. You can just kind of go through life through the motions. But if you'll get the word off the coffee table into your spirit, it's a good thing to read the word while you're drinking coffee. Good thing to talk the word while you're drink, you know, having coffee. But if you'll get this living word on the inside of you, it will change your life. Now, the next thing that I want to talk to you about concerning this more sure word, the word of God is filled with the wisdom of God. Say this with me. The word of God, word of God is, filled is filled with the wisdom of God. Wisdom. Having the wisdom of God will make you skillful in life. For wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. Now, notice in Proverbs chapter 4, and notice with me in verses 5 through 8. And I'd, I'd like for you to read these verses with me, if you will. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verse 5. Ready, read. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline. So let's just stop right there. Get wisdom. Well, wh where do we get it from? We get it from the Word. In Proverbs 2, 7, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom. Out of His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Now let's read verse 6 through 8 together. Ready, read. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. 
she shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Now, we're going to look at a couple of verses of scriptures, but before we do, I want to just declare this. Wisdom is the treasure of all treasures. Say that with me. Wisdom, Wisdom. it is the treasure of all treasures. Now notice in Proverbs 8.11, in Proverbs 8.11 it says, For wisdom is better than rubies. How many of you gals like rubies? And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to wisdom. That's saying quite a bit, isn't it? Yes, it is. Then in Proverbs 16, in verse 6, it says this, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold? You know, there's a lot of gold diggers out there. We like to watch a show sometimes on Friday night called Gold Rush. I I record it, and I like to come to the end to see how much gold they got. I don't want to watch all the strife they get in and all the bad days they're having. I mean, just show me the money, please. (laughs) I want to see how, come on, I want to see how much gold these guys got. But in life, there's just a lot of gold diggers. There's, There's what people call the paper chase. I mean, they live their lives for the almighty buck. Last time I checked, the buck ain't almighty. The buck can hurt you. The buck can kill you if you don't have wisdom. The deceitfulness of riches entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So there's a lot of people that are chasing after gold. We're reminded of Matthew 6 where it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be what? added to you. You won't have to add to yourself. God will add it to you. So how much better is it to get wisdom? Much better than gold. And to get understanding rather than to be filled with silver. So what is wisdom? I said it once before. I'll say it again. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. How many of you know we live in a world that is knowledge rich and wisdom poor? Here's what wisdom will do. Wisdom will not only enable you to hear from him, but wisdom will do this. It will teach you the lesson prior to the mistake. Wisdom will teach you the lesson prior to the mistake. How many of you have ever heard the old saying, too soon, too old, too late, smart? Too soon old, too late, smart. And then folks say, well, man, I just, I'd love to go back to my teenage years. Pastor Mark, wouldn't you love to go back to your teenage years? Are you kidding me? I wouldn't have Brenda in my life. I wouldn't have you. I don't want to be a 16-year-old anymore. I don't want to have to drive my dad's car. I got my own wheels. I got my own pad. You know what I'm saying? But I think this for sure, all of us would have liked to have the wisdom at 16 that we do now. I'm 65 today. 
And I would love to have the wisdom I have now at the age of 20. One thing that I would have done differently, I would not have waited six months to marry Brenda. I would have married her the day I met her. That's not a counseling session. That's a joke, son. I say that's a... Here's wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to make decisions that remove regret from the equation. Say it again. Wisdom, it is the ability to make decisions that move regret from the equation. The wisdom of God, here's what it does for us. It enables you and I to get it right. To get it right. How many of you want to get it right? So many of of us gotten things so wrong. It's time for us to tap into the wisdom of God and hear from Him. And let's get it right. Let's make the right decisions in 2016. And so wisdom enables you and me to make the right decisions. And I've discovered this, that the fear of the Lord, when we really love him, you know, I'm thrilled about the revelation of how much our good, good father loves us. Don't you love it? But I think we need to make sure that we don't get so caught up in that that we forget that we must reciprocate on how much we love him. You know, all things work together for the good to those that what? Love him. You know, we think that, well, everything's going to work together, good to get for everybody. It's not the case. No, it isn't. The only people that things work together for good for are those that really love him. That's it. Yeah. Come on now. That's food for thought right there. Yeah, that's right. And so what does it mean to love him? That's another message. That's another time. But you see, the fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And all who follow his precepts, here's what you'll have. You will have good understanding. Amen. I'm going to make a statement. I don't want to be vulgar or anything, but uh, you know, if you don't like the statement, then call Pastor Tom Monday morning at, <laughs> at 3 a.m. Well, 3.30 is better. Okay, 3.30, that's all right. He can be to your house by 4. So. <laughs> and this isn't the statement. Until God is first in our lives, we will mute the voice of his wisdom. Until God is first in our lives, we will mute the voice of his wisdom. When God is not first, when God is not number one, your life will be number two. Where do you got to go, number one or number two? I got to go number two, okay. His phone number is... God will not be second. And so the wisdom of God, 
It is discovered by making him first. I don't know about you, but when I get too much entertainment, when when certain priorities kind of wane a little bit, maybe haven't been in the Word as much as I should be or haven't been building myself up up on my most holy faith as much as I should, that's when the cares of this life try to creep in. And I don't know about you, but I cannot hear from Him if my life is not in tune with Him. You see, the wisdom of God is defined by a dependence upon him. Now here's another statement I want you to catch. The wisdom of God is defined by our dependence upon him, but the wisdom of this world is defined by a dependence on self. Last scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. In the message translation, I want you to read it with me. And we're going to pray, and we are going to just apply our hearts to him, to set our lives toward him. Read it with me. So trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Verse 6. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Everywhere you go, he's the one. Verse 7, don't assume that you know it all. Run to God, run. You go ahead and read the next one. Honor God with everything you own. Verse 10. Come on, stand up, everybody. Is that you?